Let's all pray together, please. Father, we come to you now in the name of the Lord. And God, it's an absolute must. It's a must to have the Spirit of Almighty God. God, the Holy Ghost, you are welcome in this place. Please, please, please know and grieve the Spirit of Almighty God. Have your way this morning. Father God, unless the Word of God is anointed with the power of the Spirit of God, it will just bounce off these hard hearts. Lord, I ask in the name of Almighty God that you would give us ears to hear an understanding heart, Lord, that our hearts would be already plowed up to receive the seed that's coming from the Word of God. And Lord, it would actually produce fruit. Lord, let it produce fruit from this morning's message. Spirit of God, come in thy might and thy power and thy holiness. Let this place be holy ground, Lord, where it absolutely takes our breath away. Make this a supernatural place. Make this a holy place. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, another snow on a Sunday morning. Seems to be the only day it snows, if not Wednesday and Sunday. And Valentine's Sweetheart Banquet night. Seems like anytime you do something for God, the weather's kind of crazy. But so be it. Whatever. All right. Well, this morning's message is probably still sort of on the theme, maybe that I've been on, or maybe you're not even aware of a theme. It's just something that's in my heart. Uh, we're living in a crazy time. I think that's obvious. We're, we're living in a time where the church is struggling uh, to be heard. I believe that our witness has been tarnished. Um, a lot of times I kind of compare it to a flashlight. You know, you don't really know you need the church until all of a sudden darkness is there. It's kind of like at home. And then you run or stumble to try to find your flashlight, and it's about barely lit and hardly works at all, and it's pretty much useless to you. And you and I are called to be the light of the world. And if you don't like that, then you might as well get out of the army of God. Because that's what you are called to be. You are called to be the light of the world. With that becomes a responsibility. We're also called to be the salt of the earth. Salt keeps uh, uh, the uh, rages of sin from decaying our nation. And you are called to be that too. And God says, look... If your salt has lost its ability and power, what's the Bible say? You're good for what? It's what the Word of God says, right? So now are we going to pretend the Word of God this morning, or are we really going to listen and hear the Word of God? Your eternity is in balance on whether you actually take the Word of God serious. Not just this morning, but all the time, every time. When you look at the Word of God, you just look at it and go, yeah, that'd be nice. No, these are things that are supposed to take place and actually happen in your life and in mine. They actually are. And so I've titled this, for the lack of better words, Contending for the Faith, because it is falling apart in our nation, the faith. It just is. So we look at Jude. Verse 3 says this, Beloved, when I give... All diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. Common salvation. It was needful for me. And that's kind of where I am this morning. I, it feels needful for me to present this message again, if not over and over and over. Needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith 
which was once delivered unto the saints. Now, I, I don't know if you've seen the new uh, Chevrolet commercial during the Olympics. Or maybe you didn't catch it first time around. I didn't catch it second time around. I thought, really? I thought, nah. Fourth time around, I'm going, oh, my gosh, yes. And it's talking about the, the new America or the new family or the new us and they're having this great car that would be great for this family, that family, and they go by pretty fast. And you'll find two of them are two guys with children. And it, so and what's happening is this swing in our nation, okay? And now the swing in the nation is just going to be totally accepted, okay? Now we find our church is also swinging with it. When God says that you are to be a peculiar people. So we need to look at what God is telling us here as we get into this message because you and I are going to be held accountable how we live before God. You are supposed to be an open book, not an open Sports Illustrated book or a good housekeeping book, but an open epistle, an open word of God to those around you who are still blinded to the things of God. And then they read your life and think, man, wonder if that's, and this is how they can come to the things of God, by reading us, the church, the light and salt of the world. So, this word, um, I feel, is absolutely essential and needful for you and I. The word exhort, this is what I'm trying to do now. We've, we've worked on this microphone, so if it pops and cracks, we'll work on it again next week. Because I feel like I'm about to. You hear it? Sorry. So the word exhort means to call near. Like now, Sunday morning. Listen up. To call near. Means by imploring. Please listen. Listen to the word of God this morning. These are not my words. I'm just the, the messenger, kind of. And so God says, listen. Uh, by imploring. Be, implore the people. Earnestly contending means to struggle for or fight for the good fight of faith that is being uh, swung to the left in our nation. It really is. So it means to fight for this. And faith means the conviction of truth, the truthfulness of the Word of God. So in other words, I'm imploring you to fight for the truth. Don't throw up your hands and say, oh, well, what can we do? You are the last line of offense. The last line. You're it. Because when God removes us, it's Bedlam. And so we're it. We're the last line. Because, verse 4 says, for there are certain men crept in unawares. Crept in where? Into the churches and into the pulpits. On the radios and on the TVs. Writing books and having seminars. They're crept in everywhere. Because this is the last line of defense for our nation. If they can shut this mouth up, the church's mouth, the holy mouth, the oracles of God, they've won. When it comes to our nation. That's you. They're trying to shut up. And me. So that word crept in unawares means to settle in alongside. Lodge stealthfully, 
secretly, underhandedly. They settle in secretly right alongside of you and me. In robes, with Bibles, suits, PhDs, doctors of divinity, regular Joe. They come in stealthily alongside of us. 2 Timothy 3 says this, tells you, this know also, there's more for you to know. That the last days, perilous times. Please, you don't need to be convinced that these are the last days, right? I don't have to spend time there. But that word perilous means hard to bear. It's getting hard to bear when you see things that you never thought you'd see. It also means hard to take. Are you kidding me? That's what the perilous times mean. And God says they shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Now, I looked that up. You know what that means? That word means unsociable, recluse. All these weird, unbelievable, crazy shootings of anybody and everybody are coming from these weird, recluse, unsociable people. We've named it mental illness or whatever you want to call it. But God says, in the last times, you turn from me so much, this stuff's coming on you. And it's here, isn't it? Who in their right mind, who could possibly walk into a first grade place and shoot 20 kids? Gotta be someone who's fallen deep from the graces and the love of God. Demonic. Unbelievable things. Well... No natural affection. They're unmoved, unsocial, recluse, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, means without self-control. we got all kind of stuff like that now, just without self-control. Fierce. Now look, here it comes. Despisers of those that are good. There was a time when the church was welcomed into the community. It's not now. It's the way it is. And apparently if you're alive now, born again, with the Word of God on your lap, God has figured you could handle this and wanted you to be alive at this time when good would be despised. So quit living in Humphrey Bogart days. They're over. They're over. This is it. You're not going to be loved despisers of those that are good can't stand the fact that you would want to live holy can't stand it traitors heady high-minded lovers of pleasure pleasure more than lovers of god having a form of godliness man this is where we can fall in those who are out there that you and I would call them rank heathens. When I was that, I didn't have a form of godliness. I was like, what? This is my favorite swear word. Jesus. I didn't have a form. The form of godliness comes here. When you get sprinkled a little bit with a move of God, when you hear a little bit of the word of God, when it moves you emotionally a little bit, that word form means a veneer. Not that long ago, we had new counters put in our kitchen. 
When I look at prices, I'm ready for veneer. Why not? The whole idea is, if you have a veneer relationship, it doesn't cost you much. Yeah, put okay, yeah, put cabinets everywhere. Make sure it's veneer. A buck and a half, it's done. Who wants them in their own home? We all try to get them out now. Well, who wants that in the house of God? God says, from those who have a veneer outward appearance of godliness, but denying the power, get away from them. That's what God says. And yet, the houses of God like that are packed. We love veneer gospel. We do. I wish it wasn't so. What we just read in Timothy, listen, is describing the final stages of a society. We're in the final stages. The final stage of a society. God could and will one day light up the sky and split it. But until he does that, you and I are his ace. Look at my church. You are the light and the salt. So having a form of godliness but denying the power. In our self-obsessed world, even Christians... People feel very free to have a salad bar religion. Oh, yes, yes, I'll take that once they, oh, you say, yeah, no more suffering, I'll take that. No more tithing, you just give what you want. Their salad bar religion, it's the truth. Pick and choose what you want. Look, they feel very free to be very spiritual, but no sense or obligation to be biblical. Did you get that? Biblical. What the Word of God says. It's easy to be spiritual. I think God is telling me I'm to have another wife. Mine keeps getting sick. Oh, yeah. All I got to do is pray that an altar and some other weirdo will come beside me and agree. And there we go. We're spiritual. Biblical? Absolutely not. I've stuck the biblical part in people's faces. They still do what they say is spiritual. How can that be? All right, here's a no sense of obligation to the Bible. You know what proves it over and 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 over? Facebook. I look at Facebook and say, are you, what? Are you kidding me? You're what? Are you married? What? You too? That one? This? What are you doing there? Why would you say that? You saw what movie? Asked to come up and sing, sing in a choir, not just here, everywhere. Spiritual, but not biblical. Scary place to be. Understand, that's the lukewarm place. That's the lukewarm spot. 63, here's a letter from Dear Abby. Why would write Dear Abby in the first place is beyond me. And most likely, Dear Abby's probably dead and gone by now, and people are still writing her. A 63-year-old woman, now I'm 64, a 63-year-old woman writes to Dear Abby to justify her adultery. 
Everybody's against divorce until they want one. She writes, <clears throat> talking about her adultery affair. He's also married. We meet once a week at a motel for three hours of heaven. My husband knows nothing about this, and neither does my lover's wife. Sex with my husband is even better now. And it's, a, it's not as if, as though I am denying my husband anything. I teach a class at church every week, but for some reason, I feel no guilt. America, America, that is what we've become. Spiritual, but not biblical. Judgment is. I'm preaching at us. You understand that? You and I are the ones that can fall into this. You're what? Uh, I'm teaching VBS. I'm helping someone. In a, I volunteered. You asked for volunteers. Chrissy, I signed up. That doesn't mean a hell of beans. If you're not living biblical, you must live biblical. The light of the world. And you're going to stand before the pure light and just say something silly? What would you say? I can't even think of anything to say. What would you say before Almighty God when he shows the light that you gave off, how it has affected you? think you don't have any influence or anything as a person because you're not a politician or you don't have a position of this or at work or whatever. You just go in and make shoes for eight hours and go home. So this is the American gospel now. Uh, I, I don't feel any guilt. No guilt. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron, the Bible says. That word seared means, even now, your conscience can be dead to what I'm saying. Unmoved. How could you do that? How could you say that? How could you not care? So the church needs the supernatural back in the house of God. The supernatural. And this might take a little twist of where you think I'm going, but 2 Timothy 4 says this, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Is that now? They will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Okay? That word heap to them means just piles and piles and piles of these type teachers. Tapes, CDs, videos, seminars, piles and piles of them. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. This is the time that we're living in. They will not endorse on doctrine. Paul was telling Timothy, you need to keep focused on the Word of God because man by his natural makeup does not want God's revelation. We don't want it. We don't like anybody to tell us we were wrong. The natural man, something rises up. He would rather hear what he wants to hear. So that's why you're going to be a despiser of good. That's why they're going to despise you. Isaiah says this about them. That this is a rebellious people, lying children. Children that will not hear the law of the Lord. They're not going to hear it. 
That doesn't mean you still don't shine as a light. Well, if they're not going to hear, whatever. You're not called to shine for the possible results. You're just called to shine. Verse 10 says, this is what they say, listen. Which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, listen, prophesy not unto us right things. Quiet! Stop it! And so they ran and killed Stephen as they stopped their ears. Speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. I mean, that's pretty far fallen when you get like that. They want veneer religion, but they don't want the living God of heaven to be real in their life. Don't prophesy to us true things. What? What? Prophesy to us lies. I'm going to be okay, and it's okay if I decide to have another wife. Different one. Okay? So, this is God's grief this morning. Matthew 22, 1. Now here we go. Jesus answered, spake unto them again by another parable, and he said, A kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. Okay? Remember that story? In Jeremiah, God says to every one of you that proclaim Christ, he says that God is married to you. I am. God said, I'm, I'm married to you. You're my bride. You're my love. You're my delight. You're my everything. I'm married to you. So now we have this parable of the marriage. Verse 3. And he sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Okay? This is where God told Paul, stop going to the Jews, go to the Gentiles, which most of us are. Gentiles. That's how we're in. The Jews have nothing to do with it. God says, fine, go ask them all. Ask the Gentiles to come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, tell them that are bidden, behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatling are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it. They went their way, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. This was the Jews. Verse 8. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which are bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find, bid to the marriage. That's the Gentiles. That's you and I. That's how we got in. So the servant went out into the highways, gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. Normally, you don't go to a wedding unless you get an invitation. The wedding garment was your invitation. The invitation means you belong. I got one in the mail this week. I belong. I've been invited. I'm coming. The same thing with the wedding garment. And so he's looking out and they all got these garments on but that one man. And so he comes up to that guy, and he said unto him, Friend, how comest thou hither not having a wedding garment? 
and the four scariest words ever. He was speechless. Now what does that mean to you? If he was a fake and knew he was a fake and was faking in his heart, he'd be spewing ex- excuses left and right. He'd have an, yeah, this, that, this, or all, yeah, uh-huh, I know, but I, excuse after excuse after excuse. How could he possibly be speechless? Because he's a phony. He's a fake and he knew it. Or the excuse would, why, I never missed the service. I taught for years. I always helped out. Excuse after excuse after excuse. But this man is speechless. And here's why. Because he thought he was right. He thought he was spiritual. He thought he belonged. He had a garment on of his own making. Not biblical, but he was spiritual. And at that day, God said, friend, what are you doing here? Where's your garment? I've always been in church. I sang in the choir. Speechless. Have you ever thought of that? Have you ever thought of dying? Or when the rapture comes and you're standing in front of God? Because you are going to. You stand in front of him whose eyes melt hills like wax. What are you going to say? And he says, friend, where's your garment? Your garment of salvation. There's only one way you get right with God. <sighs> we become good at faking. We become good at being spiritual. We have. You know, God has Facebook. He's had it long before we discovered it. You know, God says he knows the words that are coming out of your mouth before you know them. What are you going to tell them? What are you going to say, friend? You have no garment. And yet, you sat here for a year. You brought these messages all the time. What are you going to say? You're going to be absolutely speechless. People have developed their own belief systems. And they've knocked, they've, they've dubbed it spiritual. Not biblical, but spiritual. The difference. No form of godliness, no power. Still do what you want, talk like you want, lie if you want, cheat if you want, run around if you want, drink if you want, cuss if you want. What, I can't even say, whatever they are all. Hate if you want, get bitter if you want, despise if you want. You're going to be speechless. The supernatural I'm talking about, there is a life-changing power that comes with being born again. Life-changing power, supernatural power. That happens to a filthy lump of clay. We are called to make a difference. We are called to shine and salt. We are called to be different. Philippians 2.15 says this. Listen to this. Here's what God's telling you you need to be. You need to be blameless and harmless, the sons of God. Listen, without rebuke 
Where? In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Why? Among whom you shine as lights in the world. The world's going to hell quick. And yet someone finds a flickering light off into the darkness and starts walking towards it. Getting closer to it, it gets brighter and brighter. And it's you in your everyday life, trying to raise your family, go to work. You're staying true to the call. Many will mock, throw stones at you, trying to break it, trying to get it out, but you shine for God. They might not want the salt, and you're shaking it. You might get passed over, over and over and over at your job. You understand, you don't want passed over by God. Don't. You are called to be a beacon. A witness that you can live holy in a perverse, crooked nation. Recluse, veneer, religion, people. Unsociable, you're called to that. And yet God gives you all the power to do it. It's not like you've got to go home and try to buy a bigger battery. church needs the supernatural back in the house of God. Melissa just wrote a few. Becoming a new creation, a new man, is supernatural. You can't fake it. Maybe for a week at most. But you can't fake it. You can't fake it. Be- being led by the Holy Spirit is Supernatural. I used to do that, but I don't want to anymore. That's supernatural. Man, I used to be the chief sinner at this. But I don't want to. It repulses me now. That's supernatural. Not just out there on Facebook. Being filled by the Spirit of God is supernatural. Willingly lifting up hands in surrender and worshiping Almighty God is supernatural. That's supernatural for someone to throw up hands of surrender and sing songs of love to nobody. It's supernatural to be moved inside, ache and hurt and weep and worship and adore. and That's supernatural. Being delivered from a filthy mouth. So I'm drinking. I know I pick on these, but I don't know what else. You, you fill in the rest. Cussing, drinking, addictions. Being delivered is supernatural. It's supernatural supernatural the power of God moves so that this stuff quits in a new creation God does it in you he's supernatural that needs to come back in the house of God yeah I want the dead to rise up and walk but let's just try stop swearing supernatural back in the house of God where you feel the moving of the Spirit saying, no, 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 no more. Stop that. Can't wear that. Don't talk like that. Don't watch that. Also, the victory that the cross 
bring is supernatural. Supernatural. Many churches are taking the cross out. They're going to be speechless. What are you going to say to the one that hung and died on that cross for you to have life and you take it out? Psalms 107.2 says this. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's your job. Say so. Yes, I'm born again. Yes, I don't do that anymore. No, I don't want to drink. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The Bible says. Church has lost her voice. We have. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So God says, speak it. Say so. Declare my good works. Declare what I've done to you. Yes, I was a jerk. Yes, I was a drinking fool. But I'm not anymore. And you give God the glory and the praise. You are to say so. It's what God says. I used to be like that. I used to drink. I used to lie. I used to steal. But the power of God got a hold of me. Now I don't. Doesn't mean the urge leaves. Doesn't mean you're not tempted anymore. But you believe in what God's done. You call out in those times of temptation. And God says what? I'll give you a way of escape. John 9, 25 says, He answered and said, I don't know. Man, I don't know. Whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know nothing. All I know is that, man, once I was blind, but now I see. That's what I know. I didn't know up from down, right from wrong, white from black, but now I do. I see. That's supernatural that I can see. Yes, abortion's wrong. Homosexuality, wrong. Adultery, fornication, wrong. Pornography, wrong. It's all wrong. Because I can see something supernatural happen to me. That needs to come back in the house of God. Good grief. Say, yes, man, yeah, I see. Lenny, I see. I see the difference now from a carnal Christian to a one that's really loving God. Oh, there's a big difference. Huge difference. And you can only see by the supernatural power of God when He comes upon you. Or you're playing and you'll be speechless. That's why. I was blind. I didn't care if they boarded or not. We like it. But not anymore. So now, I say so. I'm called to say so. And so are you. You're called to make a difference. You're not called to hunker down, buy dry potato flakes, and hang in there for the rapture. You're called to say so. You are. You should be an eagle looking for that highest point to let that light shine. That's what America needs. 
You understand, we are in the last stages of our society. America's dying. <laughs> and one of your loved ones ever be hooked up to all those machines, all those things, and ventilator, and you don't know if they're alive or dead. That's your nation. That's our nation. And again, it lies at the feet of the church. God has told you over and over, and me, be ye holy. That's almost a cuss word now. The Holy Spirit of God that we welcome into this place this morning, because why? He's a convictor of sin. Please come, God. You've got to come. You coming keeps me on the straight and narrow. You coming, convictor means what? Convincer of sin. What are you doing? It's not goosebumps. Oh, it's so spiritual. Be biblical. Look at what the Word of God is saying. Fall on your face and ask God to put it in your life. Spirit of God comes to convict sin. Let's stand, please. Try to tell you about this over the years, however long you've been coming here. I don't know. I can only imagine what's going to go on in heaven. I, 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 and I'm sh- probably I'm way off. But when no hope people start lining up, I'm, I'm fearful God's going to bring me up, not beside him to judge with him, but close enough to hear. Because God says, greater judgment to those who dare to teach. And if New Hope people, one after another, after another, after another, speechless, speechless, speechless. Oh my gosh, I think I'll be falling on my face. Because then I failed. And so today, here we are, another opportunity. Please, who knows when they're going to die? Who might die today? Before we come back or hear... There is supernatural power in God to change our lives so that you can act and be holy and righteous so that when God calls you home, it'll be a glorious, wonderful time. You did your best. You spent yourself for the things of God. So, our over call is simply this. You're number one. You and God. God, i got to make sure I'm not just acting and thinking. God tells us all the time through the Word of God. You better look at yourself. Check yourself out. Coming to church doesn't make you saved. Coming often doesn't make you saved. Coming in bad snowstorms doesn't make you saved. Nothing does. It's the Word of God that's been implanted inside of you, and it grows, and it just causes you to change. God's going, that's one of mine. Can you have that wedding garment on? Perfect? Mm-mm. Stumble? You will. Let God down? Yes. But you'll get back up and say, oh, God, 
I'm so sorry. Lord, please forgive me. He washes you clean as ever, and you keep walking with God. But do not fall for the watered-down fakeness that is going on in the churches across our land. Our altars are open. Please just come spend some time before God. If you have never given your heart to God, you must let me know this morning. Just come down, look at me, walk up here, and we'll share Christ. Make sure that you're fine. Come. Come to this altar. You're living in a day of deception and deceit. Don't trust yourself. Trust the Spirit of God. The Spirit of truth. The convictor and convincer of sin. Let Him talk to you. Let Him shine His light in your life. Ask God to set your heart on fire. That's supernatural. Fire from heaven. Fire from God. Not religion. Not denominationalism. But from the throne of God. True fire. Come on, you're called to be the light. God, ignite our hearts with the love for you. Father, continue to let us tremble at the word of God.